And by God, down goes Seth Rollins by an inverted fan. And boy, I tell you what, I wasn't able to catch Raw last night. I was at the Chicago Bulls game. But I want to start exactly right there, even though we have a lot of Survivor Series talk. Uh, me and Tones will be attending AEW tomorrow. We have a lot of Raw and SmackDown as well. And I got to welcome in Cleve. But Cleve, I got to start this show by saying, what an idiot person to first you think you're cool for the hottest second and then bam your ass is in jail how we doing my man and how what's your reaction to that i know you sent it off to me <laughs> i'm doing pretty good um <laughs> i remember just sitting on my phone i get a report a bleach report a fan jumped seth rollins and i go look at it and this guy like jumped seth from behind and it seems like you know seth put him in the headlock probably couldn't get it all the way but the guy really didn't do much. It was sort of a pussy move, you know what I mean, to jump someone from behind. But, dude, that's, it's just crazy to see that you sometimes have to deal with idiot fans like that because it's multiple videos on YouTube where once you cross that barricade, the wrestlers can legit beat your ass and nothing can be done. So I hope he's happy with his 15 minute of fame because he will never go to another wrestling event again. Yeah, that's for sure. No need for that. They put on a lot of, I mean, it's, it's like just attacking any sports player or anything like that. It's unnecessary and not needed. Usually they don't get to get that close, but we all know at wrestling events, they pack them in and you get to be, that's the cool part about wrestling. You get to be so close to the fan experience. Um, so don't take advantage and do stupid stuff like that. Come on now. But, uh, Anyways, I just thought that I was like, dang, I haven't seen ever. The last time I saw that was the Hall of Fame speech a couple years ago before COVID when somebody was able to get after um, Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was the last time I've seen some of that nature. But wow, uh, wild stuff. And uh, glad Seth Rollins is doing good. He seemed to be just fine and uh, nothing too serious. Just a interesting moment. Uh, but that being said, we just came off a huge Survivor Series pay-per-view. A lot to break down from it. Um, I'm going to start with this, Cleve. Did you think, because I thought it was uh, entertaining. Uh, some people, you know, said it not, but I thought getting Vince, McMah- Vince McMahon back and that Cleopatra egg to promote the Rock movie uh, that is on Netflix. I believe it's called Red Notice. Um, $100 million egg, Vince McMahon, if you didn't watch the Survivor Series, brings it in and then he has it in a case and he's showing it off to everybody. And then all of a sudden it goes gone and somebody steals it. And we find out that it was actually Austin theory who on top of that, I want to parlay this combo. That was part one on Vince McMahon part two and the egg part two is man. Austin theory, I think is going to be one of those guys that in a couple of years, everybody knows his name because I think Vince McMahon's going to push him that hard. And I think he sees a lot in him because, um, he, whoever found the egg or the, whoever stole it, which was him was supposed to be suspended. Sami Zayn was on an investigation, whatever on Monday night raw. And then Vince McMahon gives it a title shot to Austin theory. And even though he loses the Big E, which I, we all know is going to happen, it put him in the spotlight and already in a, uh, you know, championship type story for, even if it's just for one episode. So, a lot there to unfold Cleveland, but what did you think about everything from Vince McMahon to the A to Austin Theory? 
I think it's always pretty cool to see Vince because we don't really see him that much how we used to, especially during the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression, where we see Vince every week. And now in his older age, it's just cool to have guest appearance from him. I thought the Cleopatra egg was pretty funny in its own way. I sort of had a feeling that it was going to play a major storyline, seeing how much Vince was talking about it, bringing up The Rock uh, with the whole Roman Reigns thing. So I like that touch. Uh, the fun fact, I read an article earlier that said WWE got a big payout from promoting The Red Notice, which I've heard is a good movie. So always remember, WWE does what's best for them and their pockets. So, And then the last one, Austin Theory. I think I stated this a few weeks ago. I said that it seems like Austin Theory is really going to get a push, and it seems Vince is really behind him. Instead of punishing the guy that he said he was to – Adam Pierce, he ended up rewarding the guy with a championship match. So maybe he doesn't get stay in the heavyweight pitcher for a while, but I can see him possibly winning the United States champion from Damian Priest or challenging from him. It just seems that they are really pushing Austin Theory, and he's actually stepping up to the challenge, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you could see the Cleopatra thing is corny, but if you make a lot of money from it and you promote the Rock movie, and that helps him get him a, even just a tick closer to getting back in the ring with Roman, it's all worth it at day's end. Uh, to finish up on Austin Theory, I could see it working out. You know, he does this. We're in 2021. He's bringing around a cell phone. He's always taking selfies. I think that sticks with people. So even if you don't remember his name, people are like, who the hell is this guy with the cell phone always coming out and just being a little shit? Um, I think it's working right now, and obviously um, there's a lot of steps he would have to take to become big, big time, but uh, it just gets that feel as of right now. And uh, I thought it was an interesting twist because I would have loved to have seen The Rock. Uh, it was the, also The Rock's 25th anniversary because he debuted at Summer or Survivor Series in 96, excuse me, and um, the rest is history. We all know how great he was. But Cleveland, one thing I want to say, even though he wasn't there, that pay-per-view made me even put more of a guarantee on my guarantee that this match, I, I don't, I can't say I guarantee it at Mania, but if Lesnar keeps coming out of the woodworks and goes at Rumble, to me, to me, Rock's got to be around Mania, if not at the latest Survivor Series of early 2022. I agree. Um, it was actually pretty cool to see all the throwbacks of The Rock, especially if you grew up around that Attitude Era time where he was really around the WWE. So some of the flashbacks, and I can see that. I I sort of said that I believe Brock will challenge Roman at the Royal Rumble, and then maybe The Rock, if his schedule isn't too busy, will make an appearance at WrestleMania. I know we've been talking about this for years and years, people speculating when The Rock will finally come home. But I think when he finally does, man, it's just going to be a surreal moment that a lot of people will probably never forget. Because this might be the last time The Rock steps into a ring with how his movie career and his age is going. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be, you know, one or two more max. And I think he wants to end with Rome and end in the family and have a really good twist up on the story there with having one last run. Um Barclays Center was popping. I thought the crowd was great. I gave the overall pay-per-view a B. Uh, the reason I didn't give it an A is, again, great matches, but the actual Survivor Series matches, kind of like uh, when we were talking about TLC or Money in the – or not Money in the Bank, but one of the Extreme Rules 
Um, the two five on fives were weak. Everything outside of the two five on fives, in my opinion, were awesome. So that's how I ended up at a B. Uh, my favorite match of the night was Charlotte and Becky. Me and my brother were sitting there. We felt like we were watching like a prime time, like heavyweight UFC fight with the way they, you know, took them in with the intros, all the hate and uh, animosity that ha- they have between those two. Uh, and I obviously being team Becky, I loved uh, the outcome even more. Uh, least, like I said, and that was my least favorite, the two five and fives. Uh, Cleve, I'm going to hand it over to you. Uh, what was your favorite and least favorite of the pay-per-view and what overall grade would you give it? I'll go um, Roman Reigns and Biggie. I think they put on a very, very good match. And I want to point something out, folks. Roman Reigns won a match without the Usos. Thank God. I know a lot of I know a lot of people have been on Twitter. When is Roman going to win without the Usos? When is, Roman did it without the Usos, and that just solidifies that Roman is the face of the WWE. Now, the worst match. I hate to do this. I really do. But the five-on-five women's match really pissed me off. I think I mentioned it. I don't know if I text you guys in the chat, but I went on Twitter about it. The fact that Sasha Banks got counted out and you get left with Natalia, Shanna Baszler, Shanna Baszler, and who's the other Who's the other new chick? Um, uh, Tony Storm, who we, or what side are you trying to? No, not Tony Storm, the other new girl that was on SmackDown. That's Shotzi. Yeah, Shotzi. So you have okay. those three against Bianca Belair. And I literally knew as soon as Sasha got counted out, Bianca's winning. There's no way. Respect Natalia. She's a veteran in the ring, but come on. There's no there's no reason Natalia's going to be a sole survivor. Shayna Baszler, she's in a weird spot. So same with her. And then I don't even know too much about Shotzi. But I think the ending of that match was very poorly. And it was... It was a snooze fest, and it was great. <laughs> Bianca won. My bad. I just, no, no, no. You're good. Keep going. All I, all I wanted to chime in and say is, is the reason I dislike the two five on fives most. A lot of roll ups and, uh, you know, out of the ring stuff. Not a lot of uh, wow moments like the other matches provided. Oh, you must all know, Joe. The roll up is the most devastating move in WWE today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it once or twice, but hot damn. You know, you can take five F5s and kick out, but somebody roll you up one time, you're eliminated. It's quite ridiculous, but I think that was my only problem with the five-on-five. I just hate the fact that it was so predictable that, you know, you get three-on-one and Bianca just magically beats all three of them. So that was BS to me, but Roman and Big E match of the night for me. Yeah, and that was a good one. I loved how he won clean. Uh, two other things I wanted to bring up in Survivor Series is we have a lot to talk about. Raw, SmackDown, and still previewing AEW Dynamite tomorrow. Um, two things I noticed. One, we keep seeing the devil come out of Damian Priest, as the announcers allude to sometimes. I wanted to get your thoughts on that as he goes more from a face character to definitely getting into that heel side, which I believe he is doing a uh, pretty phenomenal job of. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is the twenty-five man the twenty-five man battle royal. Oma almost got the win. Did that move him up the ladder at all, or is that just going to be blown by the wayside? The answer either one first. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, almost winning the battle royal. I think, like I said, I think we talked about this over. We talked about this before. WWE is doing the right thing by slowly building him up. Um, he's still very green in the ring. You can sort of see it where sometimes he looks a little confused with the miscommunications with other wrestlers, but 
if he's able to get the ring part down packed, they have another big show on their hands, another Kane, a seven-footer that can move around, and you could present him as an unstoppable force. Because let's be realistic, no one can really beat that guy. He's seven six, I believe. He's a giant. So in a battle royal like that, you would want the taller guy to win. So I think it slowly moves him up. I still think him and AJ Styles will eventually break apart, but for right now, I still like them together. Damian Priest, um, his new character is interesting. It has people talking about him. I think he went through a weird little phase where he won the title and then he sort of disappeared off TV for a while. They brought him back. They kind of Shinsuke'd him. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, him and Shinsuke are in the same boat. But the only thing is, they gave Damian a new a new character, a new right. edge to him. And I think a lot more people are slowly liking it. And you are seeing the United States champion more. So that's always yeah. a plus. Yeah, he definitely calls people out and gets more of a role there. So I'm um, liking how they are doing that. You know, Survivor Series, um, you know, didn't have like the intensity between like brands as it usually does. But we have to keep in mind, we just came off the new draft where they're trying to keep brands on each on each side and they're creating good storylines in each show. Uh, so to me, they focused more on that and less on their survivor series aspect um, as being one of the big four pay-per-views. So that's where the little bit of letdown was, but I think each show is doing a good job of bringing out more storylines and getting long-term development. Uh, but yeah, that's our recap on survivor series. Um, so pretty good pay-per-view overall. It moves the needle a little bit more, more good matches than not. Um, and then you had Vince McMahon show up. So, Overall, we gave it a thumbs up for the most part. Maybe tilt it a little down because of the Survivor Series matches when you get to those. Uh, we want to move on, though, to you know Monday right Night Raw. We already alluded to the Austin Theory thing. We don't have to get too stuck up on that. Uh, he was the one that took the egg, and he is the one that got to challenge Big E and lost. And then after that match, KO and Seth Rollins also got down and dirty with them all as well. So, I mean... There's a lot of things happening there, and we will continue to monitor that storyline as we get closer to a new pay-per-view, which off the top of my, I know it's January 1st, but I, I want to get the exact name of it. Um, oh, the January 1st pay-per-view? Yeah, I just want to make sure I get because it's a new one. I just want to make sure um, the last, I should say, wow, I can't believe it's already going to be uh, 2022 time is just flying everyone by the way as we're um going through this uh as i work my way through everyone have a happy uh thanksgiving you know if you see the family that's awesome uh stay safe and just have a great time because it is a good time of year and we'll end the show with a little bit of uh some fun food talk but yeah i think it's just called day one yeah it is it's in it it's called wwe day one so january 1st which is a Saturday, New Year's Day. Yep, it is New Year's Day, Saturday. We will have a pay per view, so I'm actually looking forward to the day that will be in Atlanta, Georgia. And then, obvious, go ahead. No, I like it because it gives time, it gives storylines more time to build, seeing how there's no December pay per view. So, you basically got five weeks to prolong a couple stories. So, this might actually be really good. I kind of like this where you give storylines time to build instead of rushing it out of pay per view. You got five weeks of it. So, let's see some good ones. Yeah, between now and uh, Royal Rumble, there's going to be a lot of things that play out. Uh, February's to be decided, but the next two 
and WrestleMania. There's a lot of uh, TBD outside of that. And then Money in the Bank's in Vegas, which will be cool down the road. Summer Slam's in Nashville. Man, as I look at this schedule, I think the first time I will be going to Nashville, I think I that's what I want to try to plan with the boys. I think we need to make a road trip to Nashville to see SummerSlam. But there's also a pay-per-view in June in Chicago. So we'll get to that later. But sticking to the task at hand as I get sidetracked with all the fun trips we try to plan around the sport of wrestling. Uh, where did I want to take it next? Um, new tag, new women tag. Oh, I found your replacement already for SmackDown. Cleveland was supposed to come with me and Tones December 17th in Chicago. Mr. Tim Crowley, who's a great friend of ours, is going to be joining the ranks. So we will get Cleve on the next one. Uh, what were you saying about Raw, though, is I find something I want to pick on. Uh, we could talk about Selena and Carmella seems to be a hot thing at the moment, and they are the new women's tag team champions. I will say this. I do like how they're presenting the – in the p- past few years, usually the king of the ring winner really doesn't get that big of a storyline. But at the moment, Xavier Woods in a big storyline with Roman and then Queen Selena – is currently the women's tag team champion. So it seems like they're finally sort of getting these things right. And I'm, I like it. Um, I forgot Nikki ass was even around, but I kind of hope her and Ripley have a rivalry. Ripley just goes heel mode on her. And then just what that's the end of that. Uh, Queen Selena though. I agree. I like the King and Queen so far this year. I thought Corbin did a good job. Um, obviously this is the first time we have a woman doing it, but Selena Vega and Carmella, I'm, I think they have a good, pretty good heel chemistry going and are good, uh, women's tag team champions. You could kind of, you know, get more out of the women's division that way now. Um, so I agree. That's a double thumbs up from both of us. I like to see them to go hit both brands and really good for Selena Vega. Cause she's never been in the, had a, the main titles always, but she, you know, now she's a queen and she's a tag team champion. Uh, very high kudos to have both of those. Uh, another woman that became a champion, Dana Brooke became the 24-7 champion, uh, the most pointless belt in WWE history. All I'll say on that is I don't mind it in the picture because I never took it seriously to begin with. So for people that thought it would become the hardcore title number two, sorry, um, not going to happen. But yeah, Dana Brooke now has that, so a lone target on her back there. That's not what I'm really wanting to hit, though. As, of course, um, I just called it the most pointless belt. I kind of like the Lashley Mysterio storyline they've been going with because for a couple of reasons, you could tell the Mysterios are keep getting more on edge, and eventually we're going to see them two go at each other. It's just a matter of when. Probably they'll probably save that for you know Royal Rumble or Mania or probably get in a tussle at Royal Rumble, maybe have that at Mania where – Dominic versus Ray. If Ray loses, he retires. If Dominic wins, uh, I don't know. But I, anyways, that's down the line. Uh, Bobby Lashley picked up the win at last night against both of them in a two-on-one. I don't mind that. He is. They need to keep making Bobby Lashley a dominant figure, um, even though he has to go away from the title picture for a while because he just had it. I like how they still have him as that dominant force. And MVP is always good back to have in his corner, right, Cleve? I agree. Um, like we said with Drew McIntyre too, especially like you want to take the guys away from the title picture, but you don't want to make them disappear from TV. So right now you mentioned Bobby Lashley is currently in the feud with Mysterio, which could possibly turn 
Ray against Dominic, which I think will also be a very interesting storyline between father and son. We had a few of those, but I think this will probably be the best of it. And once Bobby Lashley is done with this one, who knows? Maybe Bobby, maybe Bobby moves back up into the title picture, or you know, maybe him and Kevin Owens have a feud or something. But I do like keeping Bobby Lashley on TV to let people remind that he is around. He's still dominant and watch out for him because he could be back in the title picture soon. Absolutely. He can. I just got sidetracked a minute. Uh, I know this is an NFL show, but Adrian Peterson was just released. That's interesting is Derrick Henry's not coming back too soon, but that's for another topic as well as both really quickly. We won't be able to talk about it, but congratulations um, to my Indianapolis Colts for finally breaking the 500 mark, finally getting to six and five. I'll be in Indianapolis this weekend alongside Tones, who's the Bucks fan. They won as well. So it'll be the seven and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the six and five Indianapolis Colts. And then Dallas, hey, they did lose. The offense was disappointing, but they're still seven and three and sitting in the midst of the NFC. So all three of our teams out of all the hosts here. Are over 500, so hopefully that continues. And the Colts beat the Bucks on Sunday, <laughs> as Tones would fully not agree with that. Uh, but moving on from sports, as we won't have time to hit it. Um, as also, I went to the Bulls game last night. And they lost by a lot. First game of my season tickets, and they did not show me well. But like I said, stop rambling, Joey. Stick to wrestling. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cleveland. Before I get, before we jump. Uh, you know, ships to SmackDown. I just wanted to see, you know, uh, Raw right now, Kevin Owens. I want to bring him up because what do you think? So on Survivor Series, for those who didn't watch and are catching up for the podcast, which we always thank you guys for doing, he was the first one in the match when the bell rang, and he just walked off on his team, continuing more of his heel role. And then last night shows up at the end, pissed off as ever, I'm I'm really interested to see because his contract, the days that go by, the more time that goes by, it's coming up. He's got about between two and three months left. Uh, do you see this as him dwindling out, or what? What are you thinking here with his character and the show and uh, just his contract? Uh, I don't know. This is a very tricky one because when I I've, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter reacting crazily about it, like, all right, this is Kevin Owens walking. I've seen a few jokes where Kevin Owens is walking the. AW's office right now. So I think it's his character at the moment. I really wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Owens signs back. I just I just have that feeling. He's in the main event picture at the moment. It's not like how when Dean Ambrose was on his way out the door, he was just in pointless feuds getting beat up by Nia Jackson. It still seems like they have plans for Kevin Owens. He's so he's currently in the feud with Seth Rollins and Big E for the WWE champion. So do you think we get – I posted on the Twitter, at Cleveland Me, as always, for the people out there who should be baffled by not knowing that by now. But uh, do you think we get that triple threat, or do you think this ends up cutting down to two of the men, or do you think we'll get a triple threat? We get a, I think we can possibly see a triple threat at day one. I think with just all three of these guys, it just seems like they're – just connected at the moment. Um, you also have outside pieces. We mentioned Austin Theory. Finn Balor has a little thing with Seth Rollins. So, on. so you got like five guys really that you can put in a 
type of match together. But I think the two original, big, I mean, the three Biggie, Seth, and Kevin Owens could possibly have a triple threat match at day one. Yeah, which would be awesome. I, I mean, those talk about phenomenal talents all in their own ways. Um, even though he, I guess he technically could be on both rosters, but Mr. Brock Lesnar is on SmackDown mostly as he came off of a loss to Roman Reigns. Usos get involved as always. And it's just never pretty as I go through that. Um, so here we go. They say it's uplifted his suspension. Uh, December 10th, he's scheduled to be back, which would be uh, two SmackDowns from now. So not the one I'll be at, but the one the week before is at the headquarters in California. So he looks to come back with a few weeks to go before the day one pay-per-view. Maybe it's just to make a quick appearance, but I, my buddy, you know, Timmy, who's now going to SmackDown, just texted me. He's like, Are we, it looks like Drew McIntyre, they said, will be teaming up with New Day versus the Usos and Roman Reigns. We go, does that mean Drew's the next opponent? I go, Drew McIntyre could be the next challenger for Roman Reigns. But at the same time, if Brock Lesnar is coming up on a show soon, I'm intrigued to see how they do it. If I had to guess Cleveland, I would bet you this Friday – um, as the Roman and Biggie and Usos and uh, New Day thing should be over with, I I would th I think Drew McIntyre is going to challenge Roman uh, at day one, and they'll continue that. And then Brock Lesnar, yeah, he'll be involved, but he's going to fight him at Royal Rumble. I think that's what they would save it for. If I had to guess, that would be the pecking order for uh, Roman Reigns. Do you agree with that? I like that. I was really just sitting over here as we were talking about Raw, thinking about, all right, who is next to step up to Roman Reigns? And then you have Drew McIntyre. Don't forget Sheamus is still over there and Cesaro. Well, Cesaro already had his shot, so you got Sheamus too lurking in the background possibly. So I can see either one of those two sort of challenging Roman at day one, and then maybe we get a Brock Lesnar and Roman at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Would they could do it the opposite? But if you do it the opposite, um, and Brock Lesnar loses, then really it's like, damn, like you just don't want you don't want Brock Lesnar, even though he can just phase out and go to Raw or do what he yeah. has. But you don't really want to see two losses that close to each other um, happening, because then that could really just you know. Brock Lesnar, he probably doesn't want to – he's not always on to just lose matches. Uh, he likes to show up and kick ass, but at the same time, he wants to win. Um, so I, they're going to have to get a little bit creative there. Maybe if Rock doesn't show up, he he uh, shows up. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see that. Um, other things on SmackDown, I just wanted to start there because obviously when Brock Lesnar's in the picture, it's always at the top of the card. Um, woman's wise, Charlotte. Now she looked to be having a little bit, um, of a battle with Tony Storm. We'll see if that continues this week, uh, as Liv and Becky do the same thing on raw as they came off of a historic match. Um, in terms of Shinsuke Nakamura, he seemed, uh, man, Damian Priest really got to him, but that obviously will come to an end now. I'm interested to see who steps up there because it looks like it's going to be Happy Corbin. And they just seem like that two-on-two. Two. 
has been working where it's like happy Corbin and his sidekick versus uh, Shinsuke and Ricky Boogs. Uh, what storyline outside of the main event and that any anything involving Roman Reigns uh, intrigues you in terms of uh, SmackDown? I agree. Besides Pat McAfee, who's number one above all for me. I like Barrett Corbin challenging Shinsuke. I just feel that maybe the Intercontinental Champion just needs a fresh face carrying it. And I think Baron Corbin has did everything possible enough to move back into a title picture. Remember, he went through the bad phase where he was on a losing streak and now he's happy Corbin. So it seems like he's on the up and up. And, you know, Baron Corbin may never be a world champion, but I think he's does worthy enough of being a intercontinental champion, having a long run with it. So I would love to see the title switch hands and Baron Corbin becomes the intercontinental champion. Yeah, you know, Baron Corbin, uh, whether it's been King of the Ring or Money in the Bank, uh, which one of the few failed attempts, poor guy. Um, but, you know, he's changed characters a few times. He's had long hair, no hair. So uh, definitely like what he always does. And he probably does deserve it. At some point, Shinsuke's been it for a long time. But as, as we alluded to, he doesn't defend it a lot. So I'm really intrigued, even though this Friday I won't be able to watch the SmackDown. I'll watch the highlights on Saturday and make sure to recap the whole show. Um, That being said, we did a lot of WWE talk, uh, a lot to catch up on with the pay-per-view. There's always more uh, to talk about as sometimes pay-per-views carry over, sometimes not much carries over, but we'll have to see as uh, Monday it did uh, with the Cleopatra egg being $100,000. Really would like to know how much it really was, but that's always or $100 million, excuse me. Why would I be so rude to Mr. Vince McMahon? That being said, I wanted to talk a little bit, Cleveland, about AEW Dynamite coming up tomorrow. Um, me, my brother Rudy, as I alluded to, will be going. Uh, we have pretty good seats. We're pretty pumped. It's at Wintrust Arena in Chicago. And the big matchup, obviously, is being Chicago guys. And where he's from is CM Punk will take on QT Marshall. Obviously, this is going to be a feel-good Chicago match um, where CM Punk should take care of business. I mean, there's no reason why it shouldn't be happening. However, MJF, they're saying, could be the next true rival for CM Punk, and I think that would be a phenomenal storyline and a phenomenal match. Any thought on that if we see CM Punk and MJF go at it? I like it. The past versus the future. I mean, we both been talking a lot about MJF. We think he is a very bright talent. He's a true heel. We both have mixed opinions on CM Punk, but we both can agree that CM Punk is for the business. He likes to put the younger stars over. He wants the storylines with the younger stars to be the wrestlers for tomorrow. So I really do like it. Um, maybe this moves MJF one step closer back to the uh, AEW world's title picture, but I do like this rivalry. Yeah, I do too. And um, that's where I think, you know, it'd be so funny to see, not funny, but it'd be so cool to see the new CM Punk. Obviously he's a face guy compared to more of his heel roles in WWE and just bring a very high rising up and coming star as MJF. 
Uh, another big name and former WWE wrestler we'll be getting is Brian Danielson, formerly known as Daniel Bryan, versus Colt Cabana. He's a member of the Dark Order. Now, Brian Danielson is the next in line to fight Adam Page, but what better way to get him acclimated with a nice match uh, and continue his heel role versus Colt Cabana? Um, so I'll be interested to see. You know, that I want what I'm going to watch for tomorrow, honestly. I want to watch CM Punk and Brian Danielson in each match the entire time and see what I know. Obviously they have millions of matches, but both of those matches versus opponents that we know they're going to take care of. I want to see how they go about it and make it interesting for the fans because that's not always the easiest to do when you know who's going to win, but how their in ring skills, you got to get a, you still got it or a, this is awesome. I'm intrigued to see, um, AEW chance obviously will be flying, but see how that goes between those two characters. There are uh, other things on tap Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter in the TBS women's title tournament. It's a semifinals match. As we all know, they have the TNT title for guys. Now they'll have the TBS championship for women, which will eventually get decided. And we'll have a great, I mean, Cleveland, there's some heavy hitters in this 18. 18 tag match Cody Rhodes and the death try and death triangle versus Malachi black, Andre L Idolo and FTR. So basically Cody Rhodes, um, you know, even though he's the face more so in this, the uh, Malachi black, Andre L Idolo and FTR are way more loved. Cody Rhodes. Like we, I think we mentioned last week, he deleted his Twitter. He's, Fans kind of just hate on him right now, but that's a lot of great star power. So anything from that eight-man match to the Brian Danielson to the TBS Women's Semis, any comment or thought on any of those topics? You're on mute. You're on mute. Maybe I should mute you before you even talk. Uh, I'm passing this. I really don't know too much. I'm not huge on Cody Rhodes, so... and. I really, uh, yeah. you're a snooze fest. I'm muting you just for that. You get, it's like the show whammy. You just get muted for 30 seconds. You're suspended for not a good conversation right there. That was terrible blasphemy. I can't even give you any credit, but Hey, you know, that's what happens maybe off of a tough Cowboys loss and a cheap shot by LeBron James when he shouldn't even be, he should be suspended for like 35 million oh games and thrown, and thrown out of the league for that. Absolute asinine move that he performed uh, <laughs> yeah um, now you got something to say <laughs> um i'm look here i didn't know we were going to talk about listen the cowboys what happened it's tough we play raiders thursday i didn't say the cowboys i give you hey nothing better than you know speaking of that really quick let's uh let's let's jump into that for a minute because um you know, we all wish to have a safe and happy and healthy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, easiest question right here. Best part of the meal, in your opinion, including all the sides and everything, and worst part of a meal that you think a lot of people like? I'll start with it, and I'll give you a couple minutes to think. Um, to be honest with you, I hate cranberries. I know a lot of people put that as a side dish. I think to me, it's just something I don't want really. And I don't have a taste for when there's so many good other options like mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, stuffing. 
Um, something I, what would be at the top of my list? Honestly, anything with gravy, because all of those just go so well with gravy that I mentioned. So for me, I'm a big thumbs up on the gravy guy, which I, sh- I got to stop eating things like gravy after Thanksgiving because, by God, we got to get ready for summer after this winter. But that being said, and least favorite cranberry, Clave, over to you. Uh, favorite thing is usually the lemon pie my grandma gets every Ooh. Thanksgiving. You know, nothing like uh, some dessert right after the meal. Worst thing, uh, my grandma used to love cooking chitlins. And let me tell you, the smell from that is horrible. And it's just. Can you explain that for the people who don't know, like myself? Uh, it's more like pig intestines, basically. Uh, well, that doesn't sound. When you say it like that, you make it sound really bad. It's, I mean, it's. It's hard to describe, but I mean, I, I, I remember hearing about pig's feet. My grandpa used to do that thing. But. Yeah, I think, yeah, more people that's probably more down south would probably eat chitlins or know what more chitlins is. But I got you. It's a very, it's a horrible smell. So I'll just say that. <laughs> well, anything your grandma has got to be delicious. So you're blasphemy on that <laughs> one. Uh, as I use that word for the second time, and I barely know what it meant half the time. Uh, anyways, though. Okay, so we got, you know, our least favorite, our favorite thing in there. Um, the reason I also like Thanksgiving, you know, it's not about the gifts. It's just about people getting together. We got three football games on that day. Got some college football. Uh, NXT is within a few hours of us right now. Wrestling will continue on for, uh, with Dynamite, the Thanksgiving, being Black Wednesday. Hopefully, I'm not hungover on Thanksgiving. 100% going to happen, though. Uh, Friday night SmackDown, and then will lead us into, you know, the following weeks as we keep moving along. So it's going to be a great week. Cleveland, before we get out of here tonight, anything you want to mention or uh, anything you're thankful for before we uh, move on to Thanksgiving? Oh, a couple of things. First and foremost, uh, Myron watched the game last night with the Giants. Oh, uh, boy. Oh, I hate to do this. I really hate to do this. But, man, the Giants absolutely suck. It's time for a new quarterback mm. in New York. Uh, secondly, I am thankful for all of my family, my girlfriend, my uh, the fans that tune in every week to listen to us, Twitter, all of our guests. Absolutely. Even, even Tampa Tones, as me and him are having a conversation on Twitter about the LeBron incident. So, I'm just thankful. Oh, you guys are buddying up on that, huh? You know, Tones, you know, the suspension, we're, you know, having a conversation about the suspension. Um, We got time real quick. I don't know if people saw it, but I think LeBron was in the wrong. He shouldn't have swung his arm. But Tones' argument was LeBron should have got more than one game suspension. But Isaiah Stewart, honestly, I understand being hit. You know, it calls you anger and stuff, but – if you look at it, he had enough time to actually confront LeBron. And if he really wanted to punch LeBron, he had a hell of time because he was right in LeBron's face. But I think he got more time just because of how bad it looked. Like, this man was running over players and coach. Like, this man was out of control. And, like, you don't want to see that on the basketball court. If anybody you, know the way, you know the easy way to handle this, right? What? Put him in a hell in a cell. LeBron, <laughs> Le- LeBron versus Stewart, one-on-one or no-holds-barred. You put it at the day one pay-per-view, and we move on. That's what we do. With Joe referee. Fuck all the nonsense. <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, no, because I'll uh, I'll probably uh, give that quick one, two, three count <laughs> like they do against uh, 
like they've been doing against Naomi and her matches. Uh, I'll give that type of count at it. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, I'm thankful for very similar things. Uh, obviously, family, friends, all good to have. Um, it's going to be a crazy week coming up between Thanksgiving. I'll be in Indianapolis for Tampa Bay at the Colts game. Um, wrestling events coming up through the wazoo. We're un. Fortunately, not going to get Cleveland for SmackDown as he bails on another event. But, uh, you know, he has a commitment, and God bless. We're going to get him on the next time as we're going to be getting, uh, you know, something real good in the works sooner than later. But for all the fans out there, we love you. Keep staying with us because we're not giving up on you, and we want to keep giving you content weekly as we've been sticking consistently to it. But for that being Cleve, this is me. God bless. Good night. And I got to do some buck hunting this week for a Colts W. Oh, yeah. Enjoy.